Yep, it's SCTV time on the Overnight Scape Central. And uh, this is an oddball week. I mean, there's been some amazing stuff, historic stuff, going up on the Onsug itself, the Overnight Scape Underground. And uh, our regular uh, contributors, uh, Eddie from the uh, Cloud Base and the Wool Gathering, and uh, many other earlier productions, which I mentioned because they have now been added to the giant Onsug, a vast collection of Eddie's early material, is now incorporated and available for your ears. Uh, There's a post at onsug.com this very week explaining that phenomenon. And uh, uh, Chad Bowers and Mike Booty, our Midnight Citizen, uh, had a summit meeting over a couple of swimp po'boys that has just been uh, posted on that selfsame onsug.com, which that is really the place to get it all on a regular basis in that firm chronological order because um, not everything winds up uh, posted at the Facebook page or anywhere else. And even uh, some of the meanderers' works uh, might not show up because those, generally speaking, go directly to the giant Onsug on archive.org. So there are a few fine points involved here, but well worth taking the extra time to make sure... And as I have been saying recently, and I will say it again, those monthly uh, sub-collections on archive.org are a a remarkable resource. They are a document in time of what was contained that month and all the correlations. And uh, there is just some amazing things in the archive and we try to continue to fill that archive with amazing things right here and i mention all that because this week well it's kind of just frank edward nora and myself barring anything uh coming in in the next little while so here we are boys and girls uh just to hope this has happened before and uh maybe will happen again uh, but we, oddly enough, this week, to mixed effect, I actually pre-recorded a segment for this show, which I am going to insert momentarily. Uh, just uh, a pre-warning, um, there was some audio stuff happening that I did my best to cover. Uh, and, well, initially... I thought I was getting a balance between the playback of, uh, well, it is what it is, and uh, I appreciate uh, that that some of you might find it a little rough. Second City TV. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, how's this going to work? I am hoping this is going to work. Uh, I am trying an experiment here 
in uh, audio capture, so to speak, and uh, th this may not work at all, but we're going to try it. Um, Second City TV uh, is the topic this week on the Overnight Skate Central, and it is such a neglected show, even in its day, as I'm thinking back, I think it was on syndicated and run at weird hours, and I can't specifically remember, but I think normally there were other things running at the same time that I would generally favor for one reason or another. Uh, it just didn't have that Saturday Night Live glitz that Saturday Night Live had. Uh, hence, uh, I, I feel that uh, SCTV deserves uh, this special and more tribute. Uh, this is, as far as I can tell, the first time many of these great performers were exposed to American audiences. Uh, I had no idea Second City TV was a rotating troupe, even though in the minds of people, I mean, the people who are on this TV series are the Second City TV people. But a lot of famous comedians passed through this group from, I think, the 40s well into, I think it continued after the TV series. Uh, a man by the name of Ted Flicker, who is considered one of the fathers of the 70s, 80s style sitcom, uh, like some sort of guru of that whole thing came out of Second City TV, for example. And I mean, it's just the curl of this, when you look at everything that they've done, this is a remarkable thing. Uh, yeah, one second, I'll be right back. Although you won't even notice. Well, it, it, this is not the best of all possible worlds, but it's a decent world. And it will hopefully suit uh, what we're doing. And if it's that awful, uh, well, maybe I'll never do it again, I promise. Anyhow, uh, it, for, I don't even know if I've seen this specific episode, but uh, through Realms of Obtaining, I have uh, acquired two seasons of Second City TV. And uh, what I'm going to do here, I, I, I am going to watch the first ever episode of Second City TV and uh, then, I don't know, we'll, uh, I, there will be commentary as I go along. And if there, of course, are stretches where I'm not saying anything, that must be edited out because uh, we're going for pure commentary and fair use. And I am pretty sure, uh, one way or another, if you want to see this episode in its entirety, uh, you will be able to find it somewhere. And if you can't, let me know, and uh, we will see if we might be able to uh, lead you to a reference copy uh, to, for further uh, research on this important topic. We are covering a topic here. So uh, there's a, this is a scholarly pursuit, despite the apparent superfluousness of the topic, perhaps. But, uh, but yeah, let's just see how this is all going to work. And of course, because I am using this giant 
drive, this three terabyte drive, often I will click on a file and it will take it sometimes a couple minutes for it to decide that it's going to play. And so there is that. Uh, not that there is a lack of things you could say of the Rick Moranis, John Candy, who was the James Dean of our generation, uh, Eugene Levy. I, I, I am breathless just with those three names, and there's more, so much more. I'm just scriptless, and this is the way to do it. I mean, everybody is going to get their due, and just because on the spur of this particular moment, I can't name every single member. Here we go. It's a little loud. Oh, man. I really haven't seen this in many years. Let's turn this down, so... The girls really didn't make it. Hey, let's stop this a second. Those women never really made it as big as the four men. Those four guys, really, well, Dave, yeah, even Dave Thomas. These are titans of comedy. Uh, and I don't, am I being sexist for pointing this out? I'm not sure. Uh, I... I have no answers, only commentary. A camera with a super flash attachment. The Lasermatic. That really, I don't think that was funny even back then. Uh, yeah, oh, the title of this episode is Backstage. This is the Sunrise Semester with instructor Mo Green, with a cheesy little sun with a graduate's cap rising over the mountains as a graphic. Ah, yes. A little politicized uh, comedy. We love when that happens, don't we? And bookkeeping. Let me tell you, I, this is, just as a side note, I have been... Uh, doing a little studying of a famous philosopher named Pessoa, who uh, in real life, in his day-to-day -day life, was a bookkeeper. Okay, yes, now they're, they're throwing the conspiracy. Even then, there were conspiracy theorists. I have to say, just this far in, this is really mediocre but they're tackling some big issues medical malpractice I do have to say at this point in time uh, well he's smoking a cigarette which is kind of interesting I mean you won't see that anymore but as far as like political correctness I really thought that there would be some, by four and a half minutes in, 
I would have to cancel these people, but so far, so far they're walking that line quite well. Well, they're Canadians, right? Johnny LaRue! Wow, this is the debut of Johnny LaRue. Wow. And I think he's exercising in this, like, comfy lounge chair. <laughs> Jeez. And then he pulls a big sandwich out of the fridge. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Okay, I don't want to miss any of this because this this is good. It's just, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to say something here. This show has been kind of a mediocre, derivative, uh, relic of its times. Not terrible. I mean, I wasn't like, okay, I'm turning this off. I have had enough. But the second this young John Candy comes onto the screen, it just his presence, just the man's appearance is enough that this is we have shifted into a completely different gear of entertainium and of comedy. And he is pulling this whole thing single-handedly playing Johnny LaRue. I mean, he's wearing this red sweatsuit with big letters on the chest. I mean, way too big. J-La-R. This is just so... It really seems like John Candy arrived fully formed and ready for our uh, overwhelmment in comedy joy. And uh, yeah, let's continue. Yeah, immediately not politically correct, but funny. <laughs> He's standing there smoking a cigarette leaning against the refrigerator. Oh, this is so beautiful. Run, but not too fast. Just sitting in a chair, run. Yeah, this is... Oh, he's already worn down. It's the refrigerator, of course. He's opening and bending. Oh, looks... He may be having a heart attack here. Take a big drag of that cigarette. You'll feel better, Johnny. There you go. Johnny LaRue is not gay. Yep, written and produced, sponsored by LaRue Enterprises, starring Johnny LaRue. All proceeds to the LaRue Foundation. Yep, it's time for the morning news. Okay, I can, I can see where this is going. Yes, Mr. Levy is looking at his script and Earl's script. Feelings of inadequacy, perhaps. But yeah, I just... Johnny came out, made me laugh. 
and these guys are back to 80s sketch comedy. A little fake news. Oh wow, this is 70s, back when there were editorial comments, because, as you know back then, you weren't allowed to express opinions as news. What an alien concept. Oh boy. Yeah, this is a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Oh, yeah, there was an Evelyn Wood Speed reading course. This is a take on the... It's... Speed talking. Of course, speed reading didn't work, it turned out. And we're about halfway. Ooh, a soap opera -y type of thing. Ooh. Talk about a drop in ratings. That's about seven feet. And they're going meta on the first episode. A soap opera that takes place backstage. Well, that's the title of the episode. Oh, Johnny's hit the bottle. He's hit the skids. Eugene Levy is his bookkeeper. Another bookkeeper. It's all tying together. Oh, he's going to laugh all the way to the bank. Oh no, fourteen dollars. <laughs> this is very Yep, the the beginning of Meta in Second City TV was the very first episode. And John Candy seems I don't know whether he's the one writing this stuff, which is likely, because that's how uh, Monty Python wrote. But this stuff is just three steps ahead of everybody else's material, whichever way it's going. Whoever's writing this is on the game. Oh, Johnny's drinking too much. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I need a drink. You don't look like Gregory Peck. You can't fool me. Do they still make PSAs like that? Sally Struthers used to do these. There you go. Stop these distressing ads. Okay. This is just, this is a time machine. Masterpiece Theater with Alistair Cook, which used to be on a public television, and they would have highly cultured adaptations of highly cultured, great literary works. In case you don't know what Masterpiece Theater was, which maybe you don't. You don't know, this is leaning towards gobbledygook uh, parody which, I don't know. I guess there's worse things in comedy, but I am not sure how this is going to work itself out. Freud and Ibsen. Oh, very funny. The, the shot on the camera is somebody just like scribbling with a quill pen and not really writing anything. Oh, it's the psychiatrist. 
taking notes as the camera draws back. That's very funny. If not cliche a bit. Oh boy. Of course, these jokes, the fat jokes, these are Henny Youngman jokes from God knows how long ago, but he was still doing them into the 80s. He's just dipping his finger in the ink and squalling it on paper now, which for a half a second was funny, but lingering on this shot room to joke even. Yeah. This is pretty bad. Yeah, not about 18 minutes, this uh, Masterpiece Theater bit is just dying. I don't think this was funny then. Bad feminist comedy? It, well, she has a gun and she would shoot him, but she can't. It's John, a drunk Johnny LaRue wandering into the set of the Masterpiece Theater and probably saving the show. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, now people from every bit on the entire show are wandering into the set to try to stop the enraged Johnny LaRue as utter chaos reigns and he walks off into the camera crew and off of the set. Throws a broom on the floor. Oh, it's already evening news. That's right, it takes 30 people to take down John Candy. Remember sermonettes? You don't remember sermonettes. At the end of the day, stations had a sermonette and signed off. Can you imagine the station went off the air for hours? Most stations? Almost all stations? Bad hippie comedy, so I don't feel bad for having talked over it. Yeah, I can see why you are not a comedy legend. Milad Bissad is the producer-director Yep. Harold Ramis did a lot of the writing. I might be willing to give him credit for the Johnny LaRue stuff. But man, I gotta tell you, that my one thing coming out of this is just the charisma of John Candy is so apparent from the, what is this, 1984. Okay, now we are, the copyright is 1984. Yes, that is the end of that. So, uh, yes, together we made it through. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether I'm going to have edited this thing or not. I may leave all the stuff in and uh, hope that the commentary throughout uh, carries. Plus, I, if we get the takedown notice, you know what, I'll edit it. I'll edit it, okay? And that will make everybody happy. That's what I'll have to Yes, dear friends, uh, there's something going on with the uh, Samson G-Track 
microphone innards, uh, perhaps from uh, the, just age, perhaps from some unknown impact that suddenly was some straw that broke the camel's back. This happened with, I have a you know, shoulder case that I carry around my laptop in, and I literally wore, wear the little clippy attachment attaches to a metal ring on the bag. Uh, you know, I, I, they make them removable on the better ones for whatever reason, I guess, so you can replace them. But what happened this time, I mean, I've replaced the little strap with the clips on each end, but I actually wore through the metal on one side of the thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, things do wear out despite the fact that one gets this impression that that isn't what's good. I, I figured it would tear loose from the fabric. Uh, once again, uh, the metal clippy thing would fall apart first, but no. And what this has to do with Second City TV or my terrible audio on that last segment is beyond me, but hopefully it provides a certain distraction from... <laughs> oh, man. Yes, uh, some things fall flat. And some things, well, that, that, that's up to you. Uh, if you got something out of that, I appreciate it. And if you didn't, I completely comprehend how that could happen under the circumstances. Yada, yada, yada. But as promised, yeah, now, now the real stuff. Yeah, the, now somebody who has a real decent recording and microphone apparatus happening in their lives. That's right. It's Frank edward nora I, I don't even remember when i started watching sctv it just sort of seemed to sort of exist in this kind of weird like alternate world of television it was on like either real late at night or it's you know other kinds of strange times and it was never something that oh sctv is going to be on at this time it was just sort of something that was kind of weirdly in the background um, but I've definitely been a big fan of the show, watched it a lot, and uh, it just still kind of puzzles me. I know I was trying to find, I, I just remember a number of years ago trying to look it up online, just even to get a sense of like, when did it start? When did it end? And it was like super complicated and weird, you know, like, it, it, like I, I do want now, I do want to try to figure it out. Um, to me, it's always been kind of a mystery, but of course, the core cast, what an incredible cast, uh, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie and all of the, I mean, those are characters, but all of those, that, that, the movie that came out, uh, Ed Grimley, I believe was on the show. I'd have to double check, but, um, the whole idea that it was this, uh, the idea that it was a, a parody of a television station, right? What was the guy, Don Caballero, who played him? Joe Flaherty was like the head of the station. So they had kind of behind the scenes at the station, then shows that were being shown on the station. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot going on. Um, I know a lot of the folks from SCTV wound up at least briefly being on Saturday Night Live. There's a lot of back and forth there. But SCTV is Canadian, right? Um, the SCTV stands for, I believe, Second City Television. And the Second City 
I think was like a comedy team or a, com- a comedy uh, theater. I actually went to the SCTV theater in uh, Toronto a number of years ago and saw a show they did there, um, whatever the current people were. Also, I thought it was associated with Chicago as well, the second city. Why is it the second city? I don't know. So we're going to have to look some of this stuff up. But I am also in a an SCTV group on Facebook. I, I joined it uh, a number of years ago. And uh, it really is, when you really come to think of SCTV, it is, it is this very huge uh, topic. It's sort of touched our world of pop culture in so many ways. But again, it feels kind of uh, poorly defined. Let me just look up SCTV here, kind of get, get the second city television, right? Uh, SCTV, later known as SCTV Network, yes. The, the, there was this logo, there it is, the SCTV Network or the SCTV Channel. And I think that kind of meta, well, just like last week's meta topic, that kind of meta aspect of it kind of always gave it kind of this extra kind of feel or sheen to it that made it even more kind of almost like mysterious in some ways. A Canadian television sketch comedy show that ran intermittently. See, it it wasn't like a show. Saturday Night Live was very well defined. It was on NBC. It was in a certain building. And it was, you know, it's been on since whatever year, 76, around the same time this started, I think. 75 maybe for Saturday Night Live. Um, But this one was kind of poorly defined. So they said it, it ran between 1976 and 1984. It was created as an offshoot of Toronto's Second City Troupe. It is an example of a Canadian show that moved successfully to American TV where it aired for three years on two different networks. Okay, so now we're getting something of the kind of uh, strange aspects. Now, Now let's look at this Toronto Second City troupe. What does this even mean? The Second City, premiered in 1959, is an improvisational comedy enterprise that is the first ongoing improvisational theater troupe to be continually based in Chicago, okay, with training programs and live theaters in Toronto and Los Angeles. Okay. The Second City Theater opened in December 16, December 16, 1959, and has since become one of the most influential and prolific comedy theaters in the world. In February 2021, ZMC, a private equity investment firm based in Manhattan, purchased the Second City. What? I wonder how much it cost. The Second City has produced television programs in both Canada and the United States, including SCTV, Second City Presents, and Next Comedy Legend. Since its debut, the Second City has consistently been a starting point for many comedians, award-winning actors, directors, and others in show business. These include Del Close, that name doesn't ring a bell, Alan Alda, wow, yes, Alan Arkin, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, John Candy, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Chris Farley, Tim Meadows, Colin Mokri, no, Ryan Stiles, no, Mike Myers, Nia Vardalos, Steve Carell, Jordan Peele, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Stephen Colbert, Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, and many others. Okay, so that's where it came from. The Second City chose its self-mocking name from the title of an article about Chicago by A.J. Liebling, published in The New Yorker in 1952. So, I guess Chicago was sort of 
you know, obviously New York was the biggest city, the most influential city, so maybe Chicago was the second city. So it did really is based in Chicago, but SCTV is based in the Toronto branch, okay? So let's see. The cast that they list here, as we know, uh, John Candy, of course. And I actually just, what was that movie I watched? The Great Outdoors with John Candy? Of course, he, he died too soon. He was incredible. Robin Duke. Wow. She was briefly on uh, Saturday Night Live in one of those uh, early 80s, sort of, uh, when they were having trouble, one of those transitional times. Robin Duke. Wow. Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, Harold Ramis, Tony Rosado. See, Tony Rosado was another one that was on SNL briefly. Martin Short and Dave Thomas. So some of these must have been in there pretty uh, pretty briefly. But the running time of the show was a half-hour show from 1976 to 1981. It was a 90-minute show from 81 to 83, and it was a 45-minute show from 83 to 84. And here's the full, like, where, where it was. The original network, uh, CITV, now global, from 76 to 79. It was on CBS from 80 to 83. NBC, oh, so, sorry, not CBS, CBC from 80 to 83. NBC in the U.S. from 81 to 83. Super Channel from 83 to 84. And Cinemax also 83 to 84. <laughs> wow. So it ran from September 21st, 1976 to July 17th, 1984. This, is, this just confirms my impressions of it. Uh, I, I wonder if anyone's ever collected the whole thing. I, I, I don't know. So here's the premise. Uh, the show's premise is the broadcast day of a fictitious TV station, later network, in the town of Mellonville. Mellonville's location is left unspecified. The earliest episodes imply it is in Canada, but most later episodes place it in the U.S. A typical episode of SCTV presents a compendium of programming seen on the station throughout its broadcast day. See, again, and they did a lot of fake promos and stuff, and this just the structure of it and the weird irregularity of it, it, it just sort of occupies a strange space in my memory. A given day could contain SCT, a given episode could contain SCTV news broadcasts, sitcoms, dramas, movies, talk shows, children's shows, advertising send-ups, hawking fictitious products, and game shows. Several shows are seen regularly on SCTV, including SCTV News, soap opera The Days of the Week, Late Night Movie Features, Monster Chiller Horror Theater and Dialing for Dollars, and Great White North, a show centered around two Canadian hosers, among others. Many other SCTV shows are seen only once, such as the game show Shoot at the Stars, in which celebrities are literally shot at like shooting gallery targets, or full-blown movie spoofs, spoofs such as Play It Again, Bob, in which Woody Allen, played by Rick Moranis, tries to get Bob Hope, Dave Thomas, to star in his next film. Episodes also feature a range of SCTV-produced promotions for imaginary future shows and commercials, such as spots for Al Peck's used fruit or Shower in a Briefcase, or a public service announcement that helpfully describes Seven Signs You May Already Be Dead. Also seen fairly frequently, particularly in later episodes, and behind-the-scenes, are, sorry, are behind-the-scenes plots 
focusing on life at the station. These often feature Guy Caballero, Joe Flaherty, SCTV's chief tyrannical owner and president, who despite being perfectly ambulatory, uses a wheelchair to earn respect, i.e. sympathy, from employees and viewers. Also seen regularly are weaselly, sweating station manager Maurice Mo Green, Harold Ramis, succeeded in the position by flamboyant, leopard-skin-clad, foul-mouthed Mrs. Edith Prickley, Andrea Martin, vain variety star Johnny LaRue. See, these all ring a bell to me. Uh, Johnny LaRue, John Candy, washed-up entertainers such as singer Lola Heatherton, Catherine O'Hara, and comedian Bobby Bittman, Eugene Levy. News anchors Floyd Robertson, Flaherty, and Earl Camembert. I remember that name, Earl Camembert, Eugene Levy. Talk show host Sammy Maudlin, Flaherty. Cult stardom destined and beer-addled brothers Bob and Doug McKenzie, Moranis and Thomas, and many others. The small cast, uh, typically six to eight members at any given time, play a wide variety of other station roles, ranging from program hosts to commercial spokespersons. They also impersonate numerous popular celebrities appearing on the station's programming. So it's, it's, it's very, like, so it's, 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 such, it's a vast universe. This show is very huge. Let me just see if, if I go to this site, Just Watch, like, is, can, it, can I watch SCTV somewhere, like, on a legitimate streaming platform? Is it out there somewhere? <laughs> zero, wait a second, zero, zero hits. So wait a second. All right, let, let, let me look in uh, sort of a realm of obtaining and, and, and see uh, if, if anyone has. It, it feels kind of like unavailable, right? It feels kind of like lost. I, I know there's a bunch of clips, uh, let's see, on on YouTube and stuff. All right, here we go. SCTV seasons one through six. Hey, look, it's a pretty well seated. Only 64 gigabytes. I may have to grab that. Um, wait, is that is that the whole thing? No, that can't be the whole thing. 76, 77, 80. Yeah, that's not bad. SCTV Network 90. Oh, it was called Network 90 at some points. The DVD volumes. Well, this one is pretty well seated, though. <laughs> First six seasons. I mean, come on. All right, I think I think I'm gonna have to grab this one. Look at that. Yeah. Sketch comedy show set around a fictitious TV station. Wow. This is this is this is a good this is a good. Uh, Resource. Let's just say it's a good resource. Network ninety. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not that big. I mean, it's only sixty-four gigs. That's not big. Let's just uh, let's see. Let me grab this magnet link if I can and see if we can uh, bring it down. <laughs> oh, did I say magnet link? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem as available in any other form. I don't know. Wow. All right. Hold on. Let me let me get this going here. And I wonder. I think. I, I, I think this is a good example of um, something that. How do we feel about SCTV? Just as one example, every day there's a new child born. There's many children born that have never heard of SCTV, right? What is our our strategy to um, make new people in this world familiar with all aspects of pop culture, including SCTV? I really think that in schools there should be um, pop culture classes. And has this ever been a thing? So just to learn about things that were fairly popular from the past. It doesn't seem to be anything like that. All right, let's see. Let's see here. Let's just do this. 
get some SCTV going here. All right. It says it's seated pretty well, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, so it has SCTV, SCV, SCTV channel, SCTV network 90. <laughs> wow. I want to see if you can find, there's one SCTV offshoot thing that I always loved. Let me see if you can find it. Yeah, here it is. This is uh, Rush the Weapon, the band Rush, uh, the 12-inch single uh, with an introduction by Count Floyd, who's Joe Flaherty from SCTV, his Count Floyd character, who I, th who I think hosted that horror theater thing. See that that's not what I'm looking for. See there was a uh, there's a footage from a from an actual concert. Don't lose your when building oh, an online God, store. So Get out of here. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. That Dracula costume. Count Floyd here. And I'm here tonight to introduce a very special song to you. It's a scary song. One of the scariest I've ever heard. Even the title scares me. It's called A Weapon. And I'm telling you, you can enjoy this song unless you've got your 3D glasses. That's right. Because if you don't have your 3D glasses, you'll only be seen to sing in one half D. So be sure you put them on. Otherwise, you can enjoy those steady effects. They'll just look right out at you, believe me. And the music. Oh, listen to that synthesizer. And see those drums. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, look at that guy there. He's scary, too. Oh, oh. I love you just put on your feet. You're going to have to put on your feet. You'll have that hand. Here's right off of you. Nice. I always love that intro. And the song. If you don't know the weapon by Rush, I don't know what to tell you. This is one of their best songs. Got nothing to fear but fear itself. Not failure, something, or tragedy. This is about, this is not about Rush, though perhaps we should do a show about Rush at some point. Though I may be the only one who has an opinion on Rush. I don't know if anyone else, anyone else is into Rush. It's, it's one of those, Rush is one of those bands kind of like Fish. It's kind of a love it or hate it kind of thing. And most people hate it. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, it is, uh, wow. It's good actually to get more information on here. Now, if you heard my show the other day, I got uh, sidetracked into the Battle of the Network Stars. And I remembered a Battle of the PBS Stars uh, on SCTV. So we're going to uh, check that out here. I thought this was pretty funny. So here we go. SCTV, Battle of the PBS Stars. So in case you don't know what the Battle of the Network Stars was back in the 70s, all three big networks would have like their own little Olympics. So they did not include PBS. So I figured SCTV figured they could do that. Oh, it's actually on the official Second City channel. Wow. The following is a presentation. 
presentation of SCTV Sports. This is William F. Buckley, always in control when hosting his provocative series. Joe Flaherty is William F. Buckley. Will he be in control tonight as he and his team go up against that man there, Carl Sagan? Dave Thomas is Carl Sagan. New series, Cosmos, was, well, to be quite honest, not as effective as he hoped. But can he overcome that ineffectiveness as he leads his team in the battle of the PBS Stars? Scanning the world over to bring you the hilarious and the tragic SCTV Sports. Hello again, I'm Howard Cosell. Um, <clears throat> I'm Dick Cavett. <laughs> Rick Moranis is Dick Cavett. Who's Howard Cosell? Is that, is that Joe Flaherty? I don't know. I thought this was such a good Dick Cavett impression. I must say I'm really feeling quite strange being <laughs> back here at my alma mater, Yale. Uh, I feel somewhat awkward it being the first time I've been back without the complete works of Shakespeare under my arm. A very witty <laughs> but let's not waste any more time. Simply, the object of today's competition. The two teams will compete to see who wins. Now, Dick, please, try and be more concise. Um, I would, Howard, but I'm getting some confusing directions from off-camera. Uh, I was never good at taking directions, I must confess, even when I was on Broadway in Simon Gray's Otherwise Engaged. <laughs> so if you'll bear with me, then, we can switch to boxing or wrestling or some such thing. Which was previously recorded. <laughs> Rune, we've got to go quicker. I don't mind verbosity, but he's ruining the pace of the show. The M- Mr. Rogers. Buzzing with excitement as Mr. Rogers representing Bill Buckley's team. It's like a Martin Short. The... Oh, look out there, friend. <laughs> the Mr. McFeely there. Tonight, he prepares to face the heavily favored Julia Child. John Candy, of course. Julia Child. <laughs> but first, let's take a look at both fighters in their respective corners as they prepare for the upcoming bout. There's Child, cool and collected, obviously in shape. <laughs> Shooting water into her mouth with a turkey baster. What about Rogers? Experts of questions, myself included, Speedy delivery. ability to participate in so physical a sport, some going so far as to cast aspersions on his manhood itself, and of course the confident Julia Child. <laughs> and there's the bell starting round one. <laughs> Punches Julia Child. With a devastating left, and the princess is visibly shaken. <laughs> There's King Friday puppet. <laughs> Fast motion. She's running in terror. This woman is in trouble. This is really disgusting. This is not the sort of fair we're used to bringing. I certainly know the young fans of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood are staying up to watch this bloody trash. This really is good. And wait, a sudden turn of events. Child coming on strong. No longer on the defensive. The two of them trading blows like gladiators in the ancient Roman tradition, fighting to the death. This is a tremendous fight. Julia Child's punching Mr. Rogers. He's hitting her with a with King Friday puppet. (laughs) 
Aaron Rodgers being disqualified. Instead, he's being declared the winner. <laughs> I don't have to explain. You saw it. He beat the woman unconscious with a puppet. But why is this not on a streaming service? It's so good. But in my opinion, it's a dark day. Alright, nice. So get this. Everyone. Here's another skit that was considered very popular. Your art uh, deserves a trusted partner. Halfwits. Okay, your art deserves a shut up. Halfwits. I, I, I did watch this within the past year or two. This skit. It's time for the new nighttime version of Halfwits, and here's the star of Halfwits, Alex Trebell. Thank you, Johnny Ola. Eugene Levy. Good everybody. Welcome to Halfwits, the game show that's fun and at times extremely trying. If you've been with us for the past two weeks, you'll know that our contestants are all tied for the lead. All at zero. No correct answers thus far. Two weeks, nothing even remotely correct. But we're hoping to break that deadlock tonight. But first, let's meet our contestants. Darren Peel. Darren, good to have you back. Thank you, Alex. And we'd like to have John you Candy. on for dinner real soon. Uh-huh. Now, Darren, you were telling us you're in machine parts. Is that correct? That is correct, Alec. I search ball bearings for a living. I have two pails that work. In one pail, I'll put good ball bearings, and in the other, I'll put the bad ones. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a demanding job. It is for me. Now, Darren, you're a family man, is that correct? That is correct, Alec. I've got two wonderful parents. I have a mother and a father, and I have another brother whose name is Darren. What I meant to say was uh, you, you have a family of your own? I don't follow you. Do you have a wife? Do you have children? Do you have a family of your own? Oh, your own Max, family? Sure I do, sure I do. I have a wonderful wife and, and two boys named Frank. Well, good to have you here, Darren. Good luck to you. Well, thank you very much, Alec. Blanche Ray. Blanche, good to have you here. That is correct, Alex. Now, Blanche Alec, Ray. did I mention my, my, my wife? I'm sorry, Darren? My wife. Did I mention her by any You answer? did, yes. You mentioned the wife and the uh, the two boys. Named That's right. Frank. That's right, yes. Thank yes. you. Just very, very so, Blanche good. is uh, Andrea Blanche, Martin. Blanche, you're a secretary, is that right? That's correct, Alex. I work for Mr. Hargrove. I see. And what uh, line of work is your employer in? He's the boss. Blanche, you're telling us that uh, you're single, is that right? That's correct, Alex. I'm unattached. Well, good to have you here, Blanche, and good luck to you tonight. Thank you, Alex. Arthur Andrew Liggett. Hi, Alex. Now, Arthur, you were telling us that you are in Joe medical Flaherty, research. Would you care to tell us a little about that? I lied. I'm sorry? I lied. I thought it would sound good on TV. <clears throat> well, what exactly uh, do you do for a living, Arthur? Well, it's a job. It's nothing special. What 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 kind of a job? Uh, just a job, you know, not normal job. What do you do for a living? Uh, well, I, I work. Where? Oh, around. All right, I don't have time for this. Arthur, Alex, good to have you here. Uh, Alex, and good uh, luck to you. Warehouse. That's fine, Arthur. I don't really care at this point. Lawrence Orbach. Arthur, Alex, I don't here's care. Here's Martin Short. Thank you. Now, Lawrence, you were telling us you're still in school. Right, oh, <laughs> He just has this incredible, like, demented, like, grin on his face. It's really amazing. Alex. Postgraduate work? No, high school. I'm having some degree of difficulty getting through high school. I see. Well, good but to have I'll you here. do it. I'm sure you will, Lawrence. And uh, because I have certain goals in life, I feel compelled to complete. Very, very good. One of oh. which is becoming a circuit court judge. Good. Good to have ambition. And the second is perhaps playing professional hockey. Good to have you here, Lawrence, and uh, good luck to you tonight. Righto, Alex. Then now it's time to play halfwits. 
If you remember, when the final buzzer went yesterday, Darren Peel had just picked the category Articles of Clothing Found in a Bedroom. And so we'll pick up where we left off. Darren, I'm looking for three Articles of Clothing Found in a Bedroom. Coat hangers. <laughs> Articles of clothing. Darren, I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. And that opens the door for Blanche, Arthur, and Lawrence. Three articles of clothing found in a bedroom. Lawrence Orbach. Chest of drawers, Alex. <laughs> Listen to the question, people. I'm looking for articles. So you got the idea of, of half what here. How about Count Floyd's uh, Monster Chiller Horror Theater? Yeah, how that one goes. Ooh, we're already 1.7% through the uh, experience of uh, obtainment. There's Count Floyd. Hi, everyone. Count Floyd here, reminding you to watch this Saturday night at 11 o'clock. Monster Chiller, we got what do we have here? Taxi Driver with, with Bob Hope and Woody Allen. Interesting. Taxi Driver, starring Bob Hope. You talking to me? <laughs> Dave Thomas. I think you were, weren't you? Huh? Nobody talks to me that way. I didn't let Daryl Zanuck talk to me that way. I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. That was you talking to me, wasn't it? Oh, don't give me that. I've, I've had that laid on me before. I know you were talking to me, weren't you? Well, I got one for you. Fooled you. You weren't talking to me, were you? Fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, good night. Bob Hope is talking to you. In Rick Moranis as uh, Woody Allen. Coming soon to SCTV. Taxi driver with Woody Allen. A special presentation on SCTV's Movie of the Week. I know what you're thinking, that, that violence really isn't my thing, you know, that my idea of violence is like a, like a pink shirt with purple pants, but I have to ask you something. Uh, um, are you talking to me? I mean, there, there, there's, there's nobody else here. I mean, you're talking to me? Who, who are you talking to? Woody Allen is talking to you. I guess I can find like a full episode. Not just these piecemeal pieces. Alright, stop, stop, stop. Gregory Peck. Excuse me. Joe Flaherty. Are you speaking to me? Yes, you, buddy. I'm talking. We get, we get, we get this one. Let's see. SCTV Season 2, Episode 22. Here's like, this could just be a good, like, overall kind of. Alright, like good. Go bet on the Super Bowl. Great Bobby. idea. Wait a second, what was this Bobby. on? This is this was taped off WPECTV, West Palm Beach. Texan Edna Boyle's Texan Edna Boyle's Organ Emporium. Week of Texan Edna Boyle's Organ Emporium. We're having a special offer. Buy an organ today and we'll throw in a budgie for the kitties. That's right. We just received Parakeets. a huge shipment of beautiful budgies. It can't wait to sing along with you and your organ, Bertri Soto. Oh, yeah, this reminds me. That opening scene, hopefully they'll show it, where all the TVs are being thrown out. I, I read somewhere, like, an oral history of 
the TVs being thrown out the windows. Let's see if that happens here. So come on down. You'll also receive texts and Edna Balls. Budgie bait for that stubborn budgie. Let your budgie out of his cage to spread his wings or play with the kitties. I think on one of my, um, yeah, when I was I'm transferring the tapes, uh, Andrea Martin was on Letterman, and they mentioned the Edna Boyle skit. You'll never have to fight to get him back again. Big traps won't work. Little budgies are too smart. With Texan. Budgie traps? With Texan Edna Boyle's budgie bait. Even bad budgies behave. He'll be back in his cage within seconds. So come on down. That's Texan Edna Balls, Oregon Emporium. We'll put the budgie back in your cage, the song back in your heart, right, Tex? That's right, Edna. <laughs> there it is, yeah. So it's it's like a, an apartment building and all these TVs are being thrown out the window. And then there's like, all around the world, people are throwing TVs out their windows. FCTV is now on the air. Starring John Candy, Joe Flaherty. Yeah, this is the one I remember. The Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy was recently in that show, Shit's Creek, right? That was really popular. I didn't watch it, though. Andrea Martin. Catherine O'Hara. She was in the Home Alone movies. Last year, and now sunrise semester. This morning's topic is town. And the name of the host is Paul Fist in Your Face. Pride. Today's guest speaker. Paul <laughs> I remember. I remember sunrise semester. Pride. Today's guest speaker, Paul Fist in your face. John Candy. Hi. Everyone should be proud of their city or whatever community you live in. Plant trees and hang flower pots everywhere. All right, let's see. SCTV Ed Grimley, of course, became a monster hit with Martin Short, the strange character with the, uh, the hair pulled up. There was even a cartoon of it. Let's see. Here's like the first hit. Have you thought about wedding? Oh, these stupid ads. What? Thought about. Another sunrise semester. Oh, hello. I'm Ed Grimley. And welcome to the fourth in our series of lectures on reptiles. Today we'll be talking about the snake. It's actually pretty interesting. There's a slight synchronicity here because uh, the next tape land audio recording I'm working on is uh, Dreams I recorded uh, in 1989 and I had a dream about Pat Sajak starring in an alternate reality version of Wheel of Fortune and of course one of Ed Grimley's uh, catchphrases like I love Pat Sajak I must say he seems like a really nice guy you know it's like we'll be talking about the snake you know the snake is a very this is like an early Ed Grimley it looks like animal and even though he doesn't have any ears... Let, let, let me see if I can find that SCTV throwing TVs out windows uh, oral history thing. I don't know where I, where I read something about that. Like the making of. Uh-huh. 
you know, it probably was on that in that Facebook group. Some, someone had a post about that. Let's see if I can. F- I mean, this is like finding a needle in a haystack, but uh, we can try it. Let's see. Well, let's just see, like the SCTV group here. And uh, hmm, is this the group? I don't know. I thought I thought it was a groups SCTV official fan club. But that's the one. I'm. I'm. I yes. Okay. Let's see what they got in here. 24.9 thousand members, okay? Uh, uh, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of random stuff, you know, as you might imagine. Uh, let me see if I can search it. Okay, this might be it. Let's see. In the opening credits for SCTV, there is a scene... With TVs being thrown off the balcony of an apartment building, does anyone know where the building is? Ever since I was a kid, I thought it looked a lot like Echo Point in North Toronto. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Some link this. Uh-huh. Hmm. What is this here? Well, yeah, there's an image. SCTV, as per Michael Dudney's request for pics of the balcony toss from the Roehampton apartment building. Interesting. So, is that John Candy and Joe Flaherty throwing TV sets off? Hmm. All right, so we, they're saying it's Roehampton building. All right, maybe I can do a search based on that. All right. Tired of ordinary television? Don't touch that Here's someone, John Candy through televisions from this building, filming locations, SCTV and its iconic opening. This is someone's... Scott on tape. I know this is from 2020. This. People are still investigating this this matter. All right, get 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 to it, please. Is this the actual building here? Hello, is that it? Can they still find pieces of televisions there? This guy's gonna start talking soon, hopefully. Let's go. Oh, come on. All in Alright, please. What's going on everybody? How are you doing today? So here I am. That's Scott. Still in Toronto. On tape. It's the same day as the day I filmed the John Candy video. Thanks for letting us know that. And like I said, I left you on a well, I left you on a cliffhanger on the last one, the John Candy video. This one sort of a mini, mini uh, episode about oh my God. Second City TV. <laughs> now, I have something planned about Second City and the history of Second City in Toronto and Chicago. But while I was doing the John Candy thing, and since in the John Candy house that I showed you on the last video, you should watch, that's where John Candy and Gene Levy came up with the, uh, the premise of throwing TVs out the window in the famous intro to SCTV, this one. Tired of ordinary television? Don't touch that dial. SCTV is now on the air. That. They threw them out of the window of an apartment building here in Toronto. And that apartment building still stands amongst all these new condos. Okay. That building is still there. Here. And I'm going to show you where John Candy and uh, I think it was Joe Flaherty, this picture. Yes, the classic picture of them throwing the TVs off the roof. That one. 
They actually threw the TVs off themselves. It was in this building right here. This is filming locations, TV history, and a little bit about John Candy. Look. There it is. What's the address? So here we go. This is the building right here. And this is my city. You're going to stop when I say stop. Okay, you're not going to stop. What the hell? But this is the building. One oh something. The iconic opening of Second City. TVs are thrown. Yep, right that's from it. there. Yep, there it is. All right. Well, it looks like the angle would have been somewhat without these this tree here, kind of like that. Actually, well, I guess I can get a weird out now. See this tree. These trees are really in the way. There's new trees in the way because it's many years later now. In that angle, TV's coming down here. He's got the wrong angle, pretty Mainly much. right about there. Just trying to line up and line up the shot behind <laughs> me here. I was saying that it was Joe Flaherty and uh, John Candy that threw the TVs out. But as you can tell in the opening, they come out of multiple. Yeah, uh, multiple, multiple windows. Boxes. So there had to be multiple so it wasn't people. Just John Candy there, there was a lot of I people they involved. Just kept picking them up and throwing them over. No, there must have been a. Thank you for oh, clarifying that. Yes. Thank hey, you, Scott. Can we in your apartment and throw a TV off? I didn't get a permit for that. But the TVs would have landed right here. Yes. 100 Roehampton, is that it? Right here. All, right. All those I'm TVs. About, I'm about tired of this Scott guy. 100 Roehampton Avenue. Yeah, there it is. Oh, is that it? Hmm. Let me see. Let's, let's look on Google Maps here. <laughs> getting totally like... And this one specific thing, Toronto. Mm -hmm -hmm. Let's see, 100 Roehampton Avenue, let's see. All right, let's do the street view thing here. Let's look at the satellite going. We'll get it going here. Yeah, there it is, wow. Like, where is it in relation to the rest of the city, though? Let's see. Uh. Oh, it's right off Young Street there. That's like a big street, Young Street. Y-O-N-G-E. When I first went there a long time ago, I, I called it Yonge, and everyone laughed at me. Because I wasn't Canadian. I was from New Jersey. What do I know? And at that same time, I uh, I remember, because I was hanging out with these college students, it was a very strange t time. Um, <clears throat> they're like, where are you from, eh? I'm like, I'm from New Jersey. And the guy's like, Hmm, New Jersey. I think I've heard of it. I have no idea where that is, though. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can have 100 Roehampton Avenue, and there's the building. And uh, made famous by SCTV. Let's see, let's get a little bit. Wait, how am I doing here? Ooh, 3.9%. Hey, you know, that that won't take too long. It's. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, not, not, see, I can add it now to my list. I have a uh, Google document called Watch List. With a million things I need to watch. Let me add SCTV to the whole thing. Yes. Okay. Let me see. Let's let's hear. Let's just check out a little more SCTV. Let's see. Let's like go the next skit. How about that? Survived only because a family of weasels took them in. What the young weasels? 
Wow, like the three weasels. Coming soon to SCTV, the story of two men haunted by their past. Abandoned by their parents, left in the wilderness at the mercy of the elements, they survived only because a family of weasels took them in as their own. They are the young weasels. Rejected by weasels because of their hairless bodies, they had to return to the world of men where they were forced to sell their parents as goats for money. But their money ran out, so they had to steal to survive. <laughs> Eating eggs, sucking eggs. Come on, hurry up! I can't go any faster! I can't go any faster than I can do. Hopelessly hooked on chicken eggs. What are you guys doing? Nothing! What do you got there? Nothing! Come on, spread eagle! No, no! Come on! The young weasels would stop at nothing to get them. Hey! What's that you got there? What's that? Come on, give me that. Come on, private property. Let's go. Fast forward here. There's an ad. More sports betting. I, I I don't know. I don't do sports betting. Why am I getting all these ads for that? See, it's interesting once you get beyond the hand-picked clips, you know. The stuff is like a little bit more deep, you know. Well, don't run off at the mouth of me and expect me to answer your questions, too. I can't think in a hostile environment. I don't know what he thinks. Right, hold on. We, we, need to, we need to get a little Great White North. We didn't get any yet here, obviously. I used to love that Great White North album. And they did a song with uh, with Rush, right? With Getty Lee was their was their uh, guest. Let's see. Big and grease spatula hot chick. Oh, don't get that on me, hose head. Come oh. on. What? Go. Oh, Do I'm doing a special Christmas theme today. Yeah. yeah. Go. All right. Let's just, just finally we'll uh, the the song take off. And Getty Lee is the guest star. Hey, ten bucks is ten bucks. This is from the album. Love this album. Okay. Uh, I remember I I got it out of the the county library and put it on a cassette. Real nice to him, eh? Okay. Okay. This is uh, the hit single section of our album. Good day. Good day. Uh, Getty Lee is here from Rush. Uh, hi, Getty. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, Getty? Oh, it's going pretty good. Good day. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming down. See, those guys in Rush have a good sense of humor because Alex Lifeson was on Trailer Park Boys as well. See, they're very humorous guys. To do our hit. Well, it's my pleasure. Did did our lawyer call you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, ten bucks is ten bucks. <laughs> uh, we were. Uh, I hope you don't mind, but there's a photographer that's going to be taking pictures of us together to prove that you are here doing yeah. uh, the record. In case people come, don't believe us. Yeah. How come he's not wearing a toque? Oh, he's not from the Great White North. Yeah. Okay, so if you'd like to uh, put on uh, a toque and some headphones, we can uh, do the hit single now. Sure. Okay. I, that'd be great. Do you, you have the lyric sheet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I memorized them. Oh, great. Beauty. How, okay. did, how did you do that so fast? I'm a professional. Eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll just sit over here, like, while you're singing, eh? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Good luck, eh? Good okay. Luck. Okay. Yeah. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Anyway, you can hear that song on your own. So there you go. Just a few thoughts on SCTV. Great topic. And I've I've learned a lot. And I'm obtaining a lot about SCTV. Back to you, PQ. Oh, man. That, that was epic. And that made everybody else taking the week off 
it's, it's, it's worthwhile because uh, I, I don't think it could have been said better or more thoroughly. I mean, that was that was totally epic. That you impressed PQ River himself there, Frank. Well, you do that all the time. It isn't as if that's a surprise per se. But you came through in the clutch when, uh, yeah, and I, I, we also have a little goodie that will come after. After. Yes, we will actually end with a uh, special add-on treat. Uh, to maybe to make up for the audio quality of that thing I did. Or just because it fits. And, uh, yeah, it, it's something else that somewhere in the onsub having it uh, is useful and historical as well. But first, I am going to thank Frank for uh, being here and you for listening. And uh, now I encourage you to take part in next week's Overnight Scape Central. Yeah, next week's topic could be self-referential or not, and I will not say either way, but it is weirdos. That's right. Well, let's get right down to it and talk about weirdos on the Overnight Scape Central next week and uh, how that all works in uh, time and space relative to us is, uh, if you get me, your entry uh, a recording is preferred, but uh, and it doesn't need to be long or anything special. But if you've got something long, send it along. If you've only got two minutes, we'll take the two minutes. And uh, you can tell us about yourself, especially if you're a first-timer and you're considering, oh, maybe this time. But, uh, yeah, uh, weirdos is the topic. Uh, if you get your uh, contribution, either in recorded form or if you type something out, I'm always willing to read it on your behalf. The deadline. Again, the afternoon of Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. Oh man, we're going to get past Valentine's Day before we meet again. Uh, yeah, that's for me, that's the end of the holiday season. That's after, from here on, I mean, Easter, yeah, it, it goes and it goes. And uh, all the other holidays, the rest of the year, don't have that same, at least for, you know, a single person who lives more or less a more isolated existence, that, you know, from like Thanksgiving until Valentine's Day can be sort of a, and you're waiting there for me to give you an email address or somewhere to send you, send me this uh, file. And, and I, I do not want to dissuade you while you're so eager to be part. So write this down, kpqr.torc at gmail.com. I'll say it again, kpqr.torc at gmail.com is uh, where you send your thing. And if you got comments, you can send them there as well. And I will see them and uh, respond or be mortified and never do another uh, podcast again. It could happen. Um, and uh, as we, at the end of uh, our program, set the controls for the heart of the fun, 
Uh, I was digging for a completely different version of this. Uh, my band, uh, Fido 3, a.k.a. The Conspiracy of the Insignificant, uh, has a song that we do from time to time called John Candy Was the James Dean of Our Generation. And uh, I found a really interesting version that we did uh, somewhere around 2010 when we had, uh, for a brief time, a drummer. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the Fruitcake Toothpaste's uh, reed playing, at least in the beginning part that I listened to, seemed to be very low. But uh, this is uh, an interesting document. I'm not even sure. I suspect this was recorded at a rehearsal. Um, No idea, but uh, this is one of a number of versions that are somewhere on cassettes and apparently in folders that I didn't look in. Uh, This song had all kinds of versions, and uh, this one we interpolate Inagata De Vida along with the song, just because, because we were the amazing conspiracy of the Fido Three. Very poignant, very poignant. Okay. 
best You know, that Hollywood thing yeah. But he made a lot of bad movies Funny With his craft He must have ate a lot of food But he worked real hard And it warmed his heart each time the audience laughed Big, funny man! <laughs> <laughs> 